Welcome to Realcast, the weekly roundup of the real asset markets. My name is Richard Betts and I'm joined by Nicole Dines, Dan Innes and special guest Claire Thomas. Um, Dan, let, let's start with you. Um, what have you been following? This week, um, we've obviously been following a lot of the restructuring um, around some of the retail REITs. Um, Hammerson has obviously been a big player in that field over the summer. Into um, is also currently um, being managed under administration by different, uh, different managers. But this week, some of the, some of the news uh, has been dominated by Unibio Rodamco Westfield, URW, for their reset approach and document, which was first actually published in September. A consortium of their own investors, led by the former Unibio chief exec, uh, Leon Bressler, and the French telecoms billionaire, Xavier Niel, um, they've issued a call to oppose the proposed three and a half billion euro rights issue. And instead, they really want the business to refocus on its core strengths, which is, of course, um, their prime portfolio of European shopping centres. That little consortium, they represent 4.1% of Unibio Rodamco Westfield share capital. And really, the board of Unibio Rodamco Westfield, they've responded and said that really they do support this reset plan. So if you haven't looked at the reset plan, I do urge you to take a look at that. That's going to hopefully raise 9 billion of capital in order to strengthen uh, URW's balance sheet. Um, so uh, post-COVID, um, I think we'd all agree that would be um, that would be a very fantastic result for them. Back here in the UK, um, we've also been following John Lewis's chairwoman, Dame Sharon White, and she said that the future of John Lewis and Waitrose really isn't just in retail. It's been interesting, of course, because we've been looking at diversification of real asset portfolios o- over the last six months as well. Um, and their new strategy, which was unveiled on Friday, it sets out to expand the group's digital, virtual and delivery capabilities. Um, as well as sort of extending its service offer. So that never knowingly undersold price pledge, that's going to stay for the time being really, but a new value pledge uh, is going to be explored. So we'll have to see if that makes its way into our our homes and our, into our hearts. But John Lewis, you know, they've, they've committed a billion pounds um, using funds saved up from streamlining other operations like head office um, staffing uh, issues. Uh, we've seen that kind of restructuring. Um, But they're they're really looking to accelerate the online business and and overhaul its shops uh, to improve customer experience. She says that the the company's anticipating that going forward, its online sales are going to be worth 60 60 to 70% of its revenues, which is obviously a huge uh, a huge jump from where it is today. And then lastly, um, there a piece of research. It shows that commercial real estate lending in the UK has plunged during the first half of the year, probably no surprise um, due to COVID. Um, but the UK commercial real estate report from CAS Business School, they've shown that new loan origination dropped by a third year on year to £15.5 billion, pounds, with only 14 lenders making loans of larger than £100 million during that period. And a of lenders not making any loans at all. Um, So yeah, I mean, that report sort of predicts that the long term effects of the pandemic um, will impact lending um, and banking really well into 21 and beyond. Um, And so looking at the next two years, it's expected that around nine and a half billion pounds of real of retail assets, and probably around 13 and a half billion of alternative assets, which would include things like care homes, hotels, student housing, um, they're going to 
need refinancing. Um, so many of those facilities are being uh, are currently around 85 to 120% loan to value at that time. So yeah, refinancing could be a really big topic over the next 12 months. We picked that up in uh, in a session also around um, financing of, of student housing and some interesting <coughs> things that came out of that. Also, you mentioned um, Reset. Uh, and Claire, um, just in terms of research, you, you've just launched a real estate reset research paper. What are some of the key kind of takeaways from there? Yeah, so our paper looked at offices and purpose beyond the pandemic. And we did a range of different surveys. We talked to real estate professionals. We surveyed senior occupiers. We talked to global institutional investors and we did some really in-depth interviews with the likes of British Land, with Heinz, with Savills IM. And I think there were two streams coming out of that. First of all, I think it's the importance of the office to all of us. I know there's been a little bit of talk as we're all working from home about is this the death of the office? Is office the new retail? And I think the conclusion was very much no. If anything, being away from the office has taught us all you know what we like about it most and whilst a blended approach of working a part of the time in the office part at home seems to be a good compromise when it comes to human interaction and engagement with colleagues I think it was very much the case that we do need to be in the office and just last week at CMS we acted for ARA Suntech from Singapore on their acquisition of the share in Nova Landsex development and I think there's been a couple of big London office deals that have taken place that have really underlined that confidence in sort of the London market and the future of the office sector so I know that's something that Nicole will pick up on as well and I think the other thing that's come out of it is the importance of ESG and obviously that's something that we've been talking about for some time now particularly on the environmental side but I think perhaps what the pandemic has reminded us all of well is the importance of community and social value and I think that's not just within our own personal lives that's in a, a corporate sense as well so one thing that really shone from the institutional investors was now just a move towards funds which have social impact and new ways of measuring that. And there's some really interesting stuff coming out from Aberdeen Standard and Savills IM in terms of this whole social impact being integral to the decisions that they're making within the business now. All of those topics are trends that we've kind of been following a little bit on here and also coming up a great deal in terms of the interviews and the events that, that we've been running. Everybody will have seen that Expo Real suddenly having to cancel completely with 48 hours notice. We still ran a couple of the sessions that we were due to be moderating and working with Expo Real on. Nicole, what did you see as some of the takeaways from those? I mean, they were focused on the UK and then also on asset allocation. Obviously, the UK is uh, transactions are down some 40% this year and uh, take up office take up uh, so far down some 70 percent these are provisional figures so the situation at the moment obviously the uk market is being penalized by the fact 
that is dominated by foreign investors who have been less active for obvious reasons, also practical reasons, the difficulty in, in, in traveling, the travel restrictions. But uh, everyone, all the panelists were very much in agreement uh, and echoing what uh, uh, Claire's CMS report says, that uh, there's a great belief that offices will come back. Also, it was pointed out for the importance to young people of uh, the social aspect, but also the mentoring and the training that happens in offices. So there's a great willingness to go back. And everyone pointed out how UK London offices are a very good deal at the moment because there's less competition, as I was saying, from foreign investors. So it's an easier market to operate in than it has been in the past. Uh, prices are relatively low and, um, and there's still a, lack of, uh, a relative lack of supply. So yes, great belief in the future of offices. Uh, and the other issue that came out from the briefings we had this week was, uh, was again, looking at the medium long term, not at the immediate uh, impact of COVID, but looking beyond 2021, a belief that hospitality and leisure and tourism will come back in a big way. And Doris Pittlinger from Invesco was saying that, that she's already seeing a lot of capital being raised this year for, for deals to be done in 2021 in this sector in hospitality and how they're already investing in hotels, but also investing, for example, uh, they've invested a lot in uh, high street retail in Paris in the belief that tourists will come back. And another briefing, uh, Tony Brown of MNG Real Estate was saying the fact that the Chinese now have two weeks paid holiday a year uh, will have a huge impact on tourism towards Europe because they want to visit the European capitals and obviously once they're here they want to do uh, they want to shop so uh, a great belief that beyond the short term tourism hospitality leisure this sector that have been so battered by the covid pandemic will will bounce back in a big way it was interesting also in in that um, discussion that we heard from Mark Hayward at CMS about ASOS quadrupling its profits and adding millions of new customers on online. But actually, despite this, ASOS shares went down just because of concerns around the potential economic issues, particularly for, for young people. One of the other things I spotted, Harrison Street had strengthened its European investment team with Jose de Pablo in a newly created role of Director of European Healthcare Acquisitions. And I think that's going to be an area particularly also uh, to watch. Thanks very much, Claire. Um, thank you, Nicole. Thank you, Dan. Um, thank you for joining us and uh, look forward to seeing you next week for the regular roundup of the week in real assets. Thank you. Thank you.